This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Sunday Husker Rewind. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby. Busy weekend for Nebraska sports. The women fall today to number 14, Indiana. The Husker men basketball team, they fall to 21, Wisconsin, yesterday. And they've got number number one, uh, Purdue, coming to town to PBA on Tuesday night as we welcome in Brian Christofferson, the Husker 24-7. Busy Husker weekend. I'm sure you watched the game. Uh, how surprised were you that by uh, that performance on, what, yesterday? Yeah, it's been a long weekend. I am confused as to if it was yesterday or two yeah. days ago at this point <laughs> as well. And I'm not making fun. I actually am. Um, <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, Tom, I I wouldn't say I was shocked by what happened. Yeah. Um, for one, I think Wisconsin's pretty darn good. I think they might be the second best team in the league. So a lot of people are going to have trouble guarding them. And if... They're so tough in the post with some of their bigs. You're going to have to sometimes leave. Maybe Nebraska didn't do enough, have enough aggression on defense, but mm-hmm. the, you're going to have to sacrifice and probably leave some open shots and hope they go cold a little bit. That did not happen at all. Wisconsin was, of course, very efficient on offense. Um, and I, you know, I think Nebraska did look a little tired, uh, for whatever reason. I, I wondered a little bit going in if it could be an issue. Hoiberg was kind of asked about it Friday before they got on the bus about, you know, you had this emotional game where you played really well, but it stretched it at like, you finished it at like 1030 on Wednesday night. And then you got to kind of the next day, everybody's still kind of living off of that. And you got to immediately get your mind and your body sort of transitioning toward this game on a Saturday afternoon against a really good team. Um, I just thought on defense, um, you know, they, they didn't have the same energy they had uh, against Indiana. Offensively, though, you'd have to say it wasn't like they were lackluster there. They're moving around well, and they, you know, that was a performance on that end, good enough to win. Um, but, yeah, it was disappointing how easy it came for Wisconsin. But I would just buffer that comment by saying I think Wisconsin is going to have a very good year and just they're not going to lose much at the Kohl Center. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, and the two things that I guess I am the most concerned about out of yesterday's game is Jamarcus Lawrence's thumb and Bryce Williams' yeah. ankle. Uh, and this is long-term. I mean, granted, you'd love to be full strength and ready to go against Purdue. It's going to be a tough win even if you are 100%. Uh, it, you know, PBA is rocking and, and Nebraska almost did it last year. If it's not for a phantom call on CJ Wiltshire, Jawan Gary's going to go down uncontested and give the Huskers the win, but you get the phantom call that you lose the game. Anything's possible, but long-term past the game on Tuesday night, getting both those guys back healthy is to me, the biggest concern. Do you think that as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Bryce didn't have his best game, um, against Wisconsin. That's for sure. But He's sort of an X factor on this team if you're going to pull off huge wins because he's that veteran guy who has such length and can score at all three levels. And if he's limited in any way um, Tuesday against Purdue, good luck. You know, you need every, you need all hands on deck. So hopefully it's not uh, a big thing. Your point's an interesting one, though, when you the way you started the question about it's a tall task to begin with. 
Um, and I'm not saying to wave the white flag by any means. I'm not saying that. I just, you just kind of, with guys' health and stuff, you do factor in the, the long haul of this season. And Tuesday's going to be a tough poll. Friday's going to be a huge game at Iowa where you, if, if Tuesday does not go as hoped, if you're two and three in the league, um, you know, you're in this stretch where you got to kind of come out of it and uh, win one on the road at Iowa. So you want to make sure everybody's really ready to roll for that. So I think you do have to, uh, while trying to put your best out on the floor and, and you know, pull an upset on Tuesday, you, yeah. you do have to think about uh, the long-term consequences or benefits with any decision you make. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see what uh, Hoiberg says he's going to do. That, you know, it could be a snow, as we know, a snowstorm tomorrow. So I wonder if that's going to, I hope it doesn't linger into Tuesday and affect the yeah. crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even the, the press con or the press deal tomorrow is a Zoom call. So yeah. hopefully that's not going to factor into uh, keeping people away from PBA on Tuesday. Talking with Brian Christofferson, Husker 24 7. They go from playing really well, maybe the best game of the year against Indiana on Wednesday. And then, as you mentioned, they looked a little tired. Yesterday against number 21, Wisconsin. Wisconsin was going to be tough to beat anyway. They really shot the ball well, and they're good. Uh, and then you, you go to number one, Purdue. We were trying to think of the last time Nebraska played or beat a number one ranked team. It might have been that no-sit Sunday. Was Wisconsin number one at that time in 2014, or were they were top five? They were top five, but they probably weren't number one. You remember the last win over a number one ranked team? I don't. Um... Yeah. I assume it's happened. You know, um, they when I remember Kansas being like number three a couple times where they knocked them off, and so I know they've been up there. Um, they they might have a win over a number one. I'm not sure of that, but that's a that'd be an interesting deal. I mean, it's obviously a, a fun opportunity anytime you get that, and and you know, for a team that's you know wants to be in the March conversation, I'm not saying this is the game you got to go shock everybody. But there might need to be that game on your resume where you mm-hmm. do pull off a game like that, right? You yep. know, where you have that quad, that quad one win that nobody really expected was going to happen, and it just sort of went right for you. You played tenacious for 40 minutes, shot the heck out of it, and it got some turnovers, that stuff. They might need a game like that to, to put them over the hump if this season goes as we hope. So um, why not Tuesday, I guess? But yep. it, it's going to be tough because Purdue – you know, with Edie, it just changes the game so much. It's such a difficult uh, matchup. I thought Derek Walker always, you know, played him really tough, as tough as you could. But uh, this is going to be sort of a new adventure for Rink and some of those guys. And, you know, I don't know how quick or far away we still are from Blaze getting back. I know they're trying to push him back into it where he can give you another big body defensively. But that's not going to happen by Tuesday. So, um, they're going to have to do it with what they have, and they're just going to have to have a lot more energy and get a lot more deflections and hands-on balls than they did on Saturday. February 6th, 1982, and as soon as I saw it, I knew exactly what it was. I knew the game. Nebraska beat Missouri at Missouri. They were oh, number wow. one. They were 19-0, and and in that the game, Nebraska actually dominated. I'm trying to pull it up to find out what the score was on it because earlier in the year at the Devaney Center, Nebraska got hosed by the referees and should have had a win, but they did not get it courtesy. And it was there was a ref that was just awful. Was that the uh, Sunvold Stepanovich team? I believe so. Yes, John Sunvold, Steve Stepanovich. Yeah, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, and so Nebraska um, winds up with the win. Uh, 
Uh, am I in the wrong year? Evidently, I'm in the wrong year here. But yeah, they, that, they, that was it. Was that was it, a Moiba coach team. Yeah. I, I do remember that. That was yeah. a Moiba coach team. Yeah. yeah. So but that it was, has happened. Uh, yes, we it ha- have that uh, verified. Well, also, and we also have verified that refs have been bad at their job since 19, the 1980s. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just messing with refs. But refs have been drawing everybody's ire lately. So I yeah. thought it was allowable. Cheap <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Saturday, January 16th of 1982, Missouri beat. Nebraska, 44-42 at Devaney, and it was just bad call after bad call, and I think there was one late yeah. that was blatant that cost Nebraska wow. the game. Missouri's then number one on February 6th. They're undefeated. Nebraska goes down there and just absolutely goes and finds a woodshed some in, in some back alley in Columbia, yeah. <laughs> and Nebraska rolled 67-51. Yeah, I, I, I remember that game. I was It was not televised. I was listening to my, my bedroom as a kid. Yeah, no, I, it, it was I was – Probably 14 or 15. I think it was 15 at the time, and, and I remember that because I was a huge Nebraska, still am, huge Nebraska basketball fan. But, yep, that's the only, or that's the last time. Well, let's shift to uh, football. It was a big weekend for Nebraska football. They pick up a couple of commits. Uh, Dadell, uh, Dante, Dad, Dad, is that how you pronounce it? Dadell? Uh, the Dad, running back. Dadell, yeah. yeah uh, five times fast. Dante Dadell. <laughs> there you Dadell. go. Uh, that, that's a big, let's start there. That's a big commit for Nebraska because they didn't get a running back in the 2023 class. No, they didn't. I, I like this one. I mean, we always say we like it when the guy's new here, right? So what else is new? But, um, the, I mean, he was a top two, four, seven back, um, in the 23 class. And so you, you get the best of both worlds in a way here. You get a guy who stacked up 4,000 700 rushing yards by my addition today in his last two high school seasons. So he had like 2,100 his senior year, 2,500 his junior year down in Mississippi, uh, 6'2", 210. He was over 200 pounds even coming out of high school. So he's legitimately big back for people to get excited about that. Um, Seems like he would fit with what you want to do in the Big Ten. And I don't think he – ran out of fear out of Oregon or anything. I just think it was a deal where um, there was like three or four good backs. He was sort of in the mix, but maybe just on the fringe. And he realized in this day and age, I can go somewhere else and have a shot right now to be maybe RB1. I'm going to have to work for it. That's what his his father, stepfather told me today. Like he wants to come and compete. He likes that they didn't promise him anything. There's no guarantees, but he sees opportunity here. I'm sure it was a decent NIL deal, um, and he wants to be here the next three or four years and, and imprint his name here with the fan base and, and bring back the running back tradition. So it all sounds good today, and it was it was a big ad because you need depth at that position. Gabe and Ramirez are healing still from their injuries from last season, so you, you always worry a little bit, like, is that going to go just as planned? And um, now you got another option in the room, and he'll be here – Within a week, he's coming here next Friday, moving in. So he'll be here for spring ball, of course. Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7 joining us on the Allo VIP line. Um, And BC, I want to ask you if you saw his film from high school. Because the the first five plays, I believe, that are on it are runs of 95-plus yards. And he's a big guy. He looks like a big guy. He doesn't look like he's running fast, yet all the little speedy guys are falling further and further behind him the further they go down the field. He's <laughs> right? he is deceptively fast. Um, yes. I want to now switch. I'm happy you get to see it. If people listening, if you have not seen that the his highlight video from high school, 
Go find it. It's it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, Isaiah Naor, that committed. What can you tell us about him? Well, what I like most about him is that, you know, he had a big year at Wyoming, and uh, everybody was kind of paying attention to him in the portal, uh, I guess it was two years ago. Okay. And uh, a lot of heavy hitters wanted him because he was averaging like, you know, 19 yards a catch. He's a big receiver, but man, he, he was, uh, he was burning people deep. So he kind of showed, um, he had a little bit of everything. Texas gets him and Sarkeesian. I went through our archives and was looking at like the Texas stories on him. And of course it's the same everywhere as it is here. They, everybody gets excited about the new flavor and okay, let's see what this guy can do. But legitimately going into fall camp, um, he was, I think, in position to start at a, a team that has a ton of talent at that position, as, as shown by them making the college football playoffs this year and some of the weapons they had on the outside. So the fact that he was in position to be that and Sark thought the way he did of him tells you a lot about what he can be if he's got his legs fully under him now. And I don't think he ever quite had that after his ACL injury in August of last year. And so I know people say, well, why didn't he, you know, pop back this season and all that? Well, sometimes it, it does take that next extra year or two. And if you fall back a little bit behind four or five guys in a program like that, um, you can get a, a half step behind and it can be difficult to change, change direction on that. So I think a fresh start could be good for him. He's going to be the old guy in the room, um, which I think, uh, you know, some, that maybe will, some confidence will be attached to that, you know, as the veteran who people are kind of leaning on and you've, you've done some things and seen some things. And so I, I like the addition. Um, obviously a very high ceiling there if he can be full health and, um, you know, find find the same ingredients he had before the ACL injury because uh, mm. Texas thought he was pretty good. BC Husker 24-7, our guest. Uh, Got to hand it to Dylan Riola as well. I, I, he was at the Wednesday game, I think, with all the recruits. I think Dante Dowdell, he was a big part in recruiting him, and Isaiah Naor, he was involved in that recruitment. And I'm sure uh, he talked to Jamal Banks as well of, uh, he has yet to commit anywhere. How do you feel about Nebraska's chances with Banks? Unsure. I haven't heard a thing from him in the last day or so. That doesn't mean anything. Um, but I had communicated with him up till his visit. And I know Michigan was, uh, even though they've got a championship game to prepare for, um, was getting like a midweek visit of some sort. I'm curious what that actually looks like when, when they're so dialed in on something else. But um, Michigan was in the mix late too. And so I think he's got some options to consider. Um, and now, you know, portal recruitment is a lot different. I've found than the high school guys, you don't get the play by play like you do with some of the high school recruits. And that's okay. Th- these guys have been through it already. That deal, the whole like, uh, interviews with every outlet sort of thing. And, um, they, they kind of, just like I'll take my visits and you'll know when you know, I'll let you know kind of like what my decision is. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, but I, I like him a lot because he, he's had two back to back really good years at wake. He's another big receiver and, and the more weapons you can add, uh, you know, the better easy for me to say, because roster space is tight 
and you have to be uh, cognizant of that. But I think somehow, some way, they could probably make it work if if uh, if banks indeed wanted to come here. Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7 joining us on the Allo VIP line. Before we let you go, BC, I want to ask you a two-part question. Does Nebraska go get a quarterback recruit out of the portal? And if so, do they do it after spring ball or before spring ball? I don't think uh, before. Uh, I don't see that happening. Now, you never say never as far as um, if they had the right conversations with someone. And uh, that QB would have to be very on board, though, with the idea, like, you know, there's a rile of fever around here right now. And um, that's a guy who's got all his eligibility in front of him and is a legacy player, all that. Um, It's not probably the easiest position in the particular conversation you're talking about um, to convince someone that, um, hey, dive right in. The other thing that'll be that they might want to do, Mike, is see like in the spring, if they're there, they have two or three walk ons. Um, you know, in that room. Yeah. And there could be a guy who they think like, you know what, he's he's not going to be the starter, but he's a guy who we feel like is equivalent to like a third or fourth QB, right? So if you had Ryla, um, you know, Kalen and Harburg and one other guy that was a walk-on that you felt good about, you could stand pat with that. Um, it's always just such a delicate dance and a, it's it's a tough tightrope to walk because you you I think ideally you'd love to have four scholarship quarterbacks every year but it's always tough to get um everybody on the same page to actually make that happen uh in an efficient matter when there's only one football um, it- I do I do like that Harburg like seems like really invested in this program no matter what he's asked to do and people can knock what he can be as a quarterback I get that I we saw what his limitations are but I like that he's he's started football games, at, yeah. you know, in the Big Ten at the position. And if he was like your second guy, that's not the worst thing in the world. No. Like you've you've got a guy who's at least got some experience playing in games and stuff. And if 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 something happened, you you could go that direction. But um, I don't think they're going to get one until at least the summer. And I I kind of wonder if that would even happen. Who do you like tomorrow night, Michigan and Washington? Who do you like? I think I've always thought Michigan was the most complete team this year, but I'll, I so I'm going to pick Michigan by seven to ten. I'm I'm hoping Washington wins. I'll just be honest. <laughs> Same um, here. <laughs> You're not rooting for but, the league. You're not rooting for well, the Big Ten. Uh, uh, it's the new Big Ten. Washington's part of it, that's, right? That, so there you go. I guess yeah. yeah that's um, true. My, the way Penix is playing. Um, Never say never on those guys. They, they, and it, I'll tell you what. If they, if Michigan, if that, if Washington hangs around and with like five or six minutes left, that's a one-score game. Washington's lived in that zone all year long and felt very comfortable. And um, I, I'd kind of like Washington if they got in that position. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they will though. I just think Michigan is is so stout at every position, and um, I, I. Hope people don't forget what they did, and I we have a short memory in this country, and we move on from stuff. But I I felt that what they did uh, this year with the with the, all the video stuff, it it's a uh, it's something that I frown upon and think yeah. terrible for the game. Um, so that's why I'm rooting against them. Yeah. But that said, they're a great team um, just when they're playing on the level, and I think they're going to be tough to beat tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Uh, great stuff, Brian. Feels like we could have you on for an hour. 
Sorry for keeping you so long, but you were great as always. <laughs> no, I'll have, to, I'll have to. Let's do that sometime uh, hey. when, when it's a snowstorm's not brewing, and I'll pop over there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Sit in for a whole hour. Yeah, always up for awesome. that. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of basketball to talk about, and of course, uh, the portal will be open for a while. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks, BC. Have a good one. Yep. Thanks, guys. There you go, Brian Christofferson. Husker 24-7. I didn't even get to ask him about Dana Holgerson, which I did want to talk about. But yeah, I, I was like, we already had him like eight minutes longer than I was planning yeah, to have him. And uh, the two the two walk-ons, and I've wondered about this myself, Luke Longball and I believe Jake Walkie are the two walk-ons that I something tells me one of them turned down some scholarship offers to like FBS programs or some group of five schools to walk mm-hmm. on at Nebraska. Yeah. And I mean, if the guy's got scholarship offers to go even play FCS. Um, you got him on your roster. Let's see what he can do. You know, right. I, so he may have something there where maybe one of them jumps in and, yeah. and says, Hey, I can be the number three. I want to continue the conversation about Washington versus Michigan, because I don't think Brian's alone. I think there's a lot of Husker fans that are kind of rooting for Washington and maybe we're rooting for Alabama. Like you were, I was because of it's, it's Harbaugh. He's just not very likable. no, He's not a likable dude. So let's talk about the game. We'll set up the game for tomorrow night. I think a lot of people are very interested in that game. I'm rooting for the Big Ten. Uh, I, I'd be interested to see what Husker Nation is thinking, though. Uh, I'd love to have you chime in. It is Husker Rewind. He's Mike Melby. I'm Tom Stevens. More on the way.